constant through all the years, Ray. Been Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning and thanks for tuning in to the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta and we are glad to have you with us. The studio line is how you can respond to the show. Give us a call at 585-431-1202. Leave us your comments anytime, day or night. If your opinion is well thought out and presented well, then we may actually end up using it on the air. The BGG studio line is available 24-7 and it's 585-431-1202. Zero two. The website is btgprogram.com, and on social media, it's at btgprogram. Let's start in the NFL this week, Zach. The wild card round of the playoffs begins later today, but it's with the non-playoff Buffalo Bills that I thought we'd start today's program. <laughs> the drama unfolding between the team and its quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, continues to get interesting as the story sort of unfolds. The Bills deactivated Taylor for the season finale in what was an attempt, I guess, to protect him from getting injury, which could perhaps cause him to fail a physical that's scheduled for March 11th. Should he not pass that physical, the team is going to be on the hook to pay him the guaranteed stipulation in his contract, what remains of about 27, maybe a little over $27 million. Mm -hmm. Now, the interesting thing is that according to reports, the team seems prepared to move on from Taylor. But Taylor may have stuck it to the Bills a little bit this week with what the team says he elected to have surgery this past Thursday. With an estimated recovery time of six weeks for this surgery, it gets real close to that March 11th physical date, and passing this physical now is no sure certainty. But things seem to be getting cold between Tyrod Taylor and the team. I don't know if I would say cold. Uh, The things that he said about wanting to be here and wanting to play here, I thought sounded genuine to me. From what I understand, there's been so many mixed reports about how the last month of the season has gone. And I had read shortly after the season ended that he had been playing injured for the last few weeks of the season and then of course as soon as they were eliminated from the playoffs they didn't play him in the last game so I mean if the guy was playing hurt it makes sense you go and you have the surgery as soon as you can and you get it taken care of and I really don't understand how they could be prepared to move on from him because the quarterback market and the quarterbacks in the draft there really aren't any starters out there so as a Bills fan I hope that they're not preparing to move on from him. The team issued a statement on Thursday that was not only brief, it, it was intriguing in the way they worded it. Let me, here's what they said. Bill's QB, Tyrod Taylor, had a consultation visit yesterday with Dr. William Myers and elected to have surgery this morning. The Bills were informed late yesterday after, uh, late yesterday, it doesn't say after, it says, Bills were informed late yesterday of this morning's procedure. But to me, the wording of their statement makes it seem as though there's a little bit to read between the words that they used. They Mm -hmm. worded it really were. For instance, 
they indicated that Taylor elected to have surgery. It's almost like they made it sound like they weren't necessarily down with that idea. Yeah, from what I read, it's a sports hernia surgery, which, I mean, if you've got a hernia, you've got to get you gotta it have it repaired. repaired. It's not like, you know, he could have just not had the surgery. He needed the surgery. And I think that, honestly, the, the Buffalo media is just so out for blood over the way things ended with Rex Ryan and the way the season went that I think they're looking for stories. He didn't let them know about the surgery after he had it. That I would have had an issue with. But he let them know. You know, apparently he had just gotten a second opinion, and then he let him know I'm getting the surgery. So I well, maybe think it's... I'm, uh, maybe I'm buying into some of what the reporters are putting out there. You know, I'm hearing mm-hmm. it, and of course it's the Bills, so we're in here in Western New York, I'm interested in it. So maybe I'm reading too much into this. But the second thing that sticks out to me is how it seems they went, went out of their way to almost say that, they, that Tyrod Taylor didn't give them really a lot of time to know that he was going to have this procedure done. The way they said it, and I'm going back here, the Bills were informed late yesterday of this morning's procedure. Why Why did they feel the need to point that out? Any thoughts on that? The one thing that came to my mind is that all of their press conferences and press releases since the Rex Ryan thing have drawn so much scrutiny, you know, with, with – Doug Whaley saying he wasn't the one who fired Rex. He didn't know Rex was being fired. Pagula made the decision spur of the moment and notified him. So it seems like they're being very careful to let everyone know what they knew and when they knew it. You know, it's just maybe to try to keep that media firestorm from continuing to go. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. It's just one more thing, though, making for an interesting offseason. And the way this offseason is going, you may be completely correct. There may be... Uh, a mountain there instead of the molehill. I'm not so naive to think that sports aren't aren't just a simple, clean game that people play to have fun. Uh, of course not. It's big business. We all we all know that. And I know that even some of the greatest players in all of sport, the biggest legends of competition, are known to have been trash talkers who took little liberties here and there to give themselves an edge. You know, when they were given a foot, they took a yard to gain an advantage over a competitor or maybe to get into that competitor's head. It's obviously sports isn't as simple as one player's athletic skills against another. But what took place after a play in the Fiesta Bowl the other day? (laughs) Clemson defensive lineman Christian Wilkins grabbed Ohio State's Curtis Samuel in a way and in a place that would it's definitely not part of a football game, and in fact, it would be uh, unacceptable in any situation. <laughs> Absolutely, you saw the video clip. I did, and I it made me a little squeamish. It was bizarre. Clemson teammate Ben Bulware did his best to explain the situation away on Wednesday. He said, "We've done it all year to mess with players. No one has done it as aggressive as Christian did. We try to be more discreet about it." He grabbed a handful. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that I would say to the media. Wilkins know? Wilkins did apologize after the game, and he said he was just being silly, and it's stuff you do when you're competing. So, Zach, I'll ask you. You've been known to be silly here and there. You've been involved in competition at various times in your life. Have you ever grabbed another player in such a way to be silly? Uh, No. No, I'm not even super comfortable with the smack on the butt. I So there's no way that I'm grabbing anything down there. 
Now, a video clip of the play has gone viral, and of course, Ohio State fans, they're not seeing the silliness in the situation, and they've labeled it a dirty play, some even suggesting that Wilkins should not only be suspended, but maybe even arrested for sexual assault. <laughs> Ballware went on, seemingly not content with, as, as you say, you said he shouldn't mention it to the media, not content with how dig a, big a hole he's digging here. He went on. Christian went a little too far. But I'll mess with somebody, poke them in the belly button, grab someone's butt. Not not for nothing. Not for nothing. But grabbing another player's butt, you would think that'd be off limits, wouldn't you? You would think so. But, you know, I, I, it's football. We're not talking Stuff the congratulatory football, or the encouraging butt pat. You mentioned you're not comfortable with it. But, right. you know, a grab is a bit much. I mean, my man, this wasn't a grab. He was in there digging. Yeah, you know, you you don't mind a little butt pat here and there. Players do it. Pitcher, pitching coach comes out to get his player, gives him a little butt pat. You know, no big deal. My wife makes a good play, a nice dinner, nice job with the laundry. Give her a little butt pat. You know, nice play, babe. <laughs> well done. But this this was bizarre. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and bring it up. Duke's Grayson Allen returned to action Wednesday night for number eight Duke as they. Man, they throttled Georgia Tech, 110 to 57. Oof. Allen scored 15 points. He added seven assists. And people are losing their minds. They are screaming that his one-game suspension was not enough. Now, you and I have talked a little bit about it off the air. I know how you feel. I don't have a, a big problem with this. I, this is a suspension that was originally labeled as indefinite by Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski. And I suppose that while indefinite would usually make you think of a longer length of time, by definition, I suppose that's accurate. He didn't know how long this suspension would continue for. It was a result of not not just that third on-the-court tripping incident. It also had a little something to do with the meltdown on the bench after that incident. And I got to tell you, like I said, I don't have a problem with it. And, he, and here is why. Coach K handled this situation very privately. It's something between him, something between his player, his team. And to be frank, we don't know what's really taken place there. We don't know how repentant Grayson Allen is or how remorseful, remorseful he's been. I know a bunch of people have labeled him a dirty player. I don't know that I'm comfortable going there just yet. I Look, when it comes to Draymond Green, who also has had a number of tripping incidents, uh, or I guess in his case, more flat-out kicking incidents. But I, I'm not comfortable saying he's a dirty player. And, and here's why, Zach. I think a dirty player looks for different ways to be dirty player. They might do this on this game. They might do something else. They're always looking for that way to be a dirty player. These two guys just seem to have the same type of reaction. And, and it's an instantaneous thing. And I'm I bet they're probably remorseful immediately after. It's almost like a signature move for them. And I could mm -hmm. be dead wrong. I don't know either of these men. But when I watch the replays of Grayson Allen, that's in the context of this conversation. We're talking about Grayson Allen. I just see a guy that short circuits. I see a guy who reacts in an instant. Uh, his reaction is immature. It's inappropriate. It's absolutely the wrong thing to do. But I just think it's instantaneous reaction. And I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if he immediately regrets it. I mean, do you ever kick yourself, you know, after you do something and you wonder, why do I keep doing this stupid thing? I, I bet you do. Uh, and I'm not I'm not defending Grayson Allen. I'm really not. 
All I'm saying is that we don't know the entire situation. We don't. I do know this. I know he's lost his captaincy. That's been stripped of him. I know he's been embarrassed. He's been humiliated publicly. But because of the holidays, there's been a break. There's been a stretch. It's been a couple of weeks, but it's only been one game. I understand he's only been suspended one game. But normally, Duke may have probably played a couple of games during this time. And obviously, timing is part of it. Krzyzewski about to leave the team to have back surgery, be out for a spell. He didn't want to leave this for his assistant, Jeff Capel, to handle it. I, I think the problem is, for people, there's another reaction here. People want to demonize Allen. They want to demonize Draymond Green. They want things to be harsher than they should be. People see Green. Here's this big black man. So they're assuming, oh, he's a thug. And he's also on the Warriors. They're successful. And you know how people love to hate that. Yeah. And in Allen's case, I think they're, they see this, what they think is this spoiled rich kid, and they want him to suffer, maybe unfairly. And, of course, Duke also successful. So many people hate Duke and they want to take it out on the spoiled rich kid. Uh, you don't know any more than I do. The people listening don't know any more than how this was handled by Krzyzewski internally. He's always handled himself well. We can trust that he's handled this as well. I think if it happens again, then then maybe you got to revisit this. But mm-hmm. now you, you don't agree with me. My first impression was that for an indefinite suspension to last one game for a guy that's now done it for, what would you say, the third time, that it was not harsh enough, that he needed to be sat down for multiple games, cost himself some stats, to cost himself some face in the public opinion. Um, you're kind of talking me out of it a little bit. You're a lot closer to it than I am, and you've made some very good points. But that was my immediate reaction, was that if it's going to be a one-game suspension, just, and and just I think that's probably suspension. where most people are saying, one game. But again, I think because of the break, the lack of games over this stretch of time, it really is, and, and the timing has something to do with it. Perhaps if K, uh, Coach K wasn't going out, he wouldn't reinstate him already. But the other thing that comes into play is they want to win basketball games. Mm-hmm. you know. And the truth is, Grayson Allen's going to help them win basketball games. And uh, with Coach K not there, He's going to restore them. But the word of God asks in Micah 6.8, What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God? And I think at times this is, yeah, it's his third offense, but it's his first suspension. Uh, I'm just going to leave it with Coach K that it's that he handled it justly and uh, appreciate the mercy that he's shown. And I'm just going to walk humbly with God and mind my own business, but I I don't have a problem. We have a lot more to do on this morning's Beyond the Game program. We'll talk about the NFL's off-season coaching changes. I want to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Has that ever been said before, Zach, where somebody wants to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets? I don't even know if that's been said in Columbus before. (laughs) They've put together one of the NHL's all-time winning streaks, and yet people are still not talking about this team. We're going to talk about them. Zach, of course, will bring up his list of shenanigans for us to talk about, and we'll see whatever else we can get to today on Beyond the Game. You can always find out more about the program. Listen to previous broadcasts right on our website, btgprogram.com. Beyond the Game is mainly a listener-supported ministry. We try not to structure our topics so that they would only appeal to people of faith. We prefer that all sports fans, regardless of their faith interests, would enjoy the show. 
Yet it is our goal to use sports to introduce the message of Jesus Christ. Leave you with something. Perhaps just a thought here or there to consider for yourself. Financial gifts from our listeners is so important in helping us accomplish that goal. If you feel so led, you can make a secure, secure donation right there on our website, btgprogram.com. Your generous donations help keep the program uh, on the air, able to reach new markets, and it brings the gospel to thousands and thousands of listeners each week. And for that, we say thank you. That's all we'll mention about that. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Go and tell that midnight rider, tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter, tell the gods go Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Is here, Ram Sports Network, Christian Sports Television, that's right, Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian sports TV channel with programming from Pee-wee to the pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at ramsportsnetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network, more than a game. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family-owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back into Beyond the Game. Recording in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram. Zach, when we did our NHL preview back in October, neither one of us made any mention of the Columbus Blue Jackets. They were not on my list of playoff predictions. and I think we mentioned them as the team most likely to fire their coach first, <laughs> which clearly is, uh, is going to happen any day now. Like most sports talk shows, not based in Ohio, <laughs> we weren't really giving them a, a thought one way or the other. I mean, it, seemed, it, just, it just seems odd to, and I don't know why, but to want to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't know why that seems odd other than their name sort of sounds like a minor league ma- name to me. It kind of does. 
Uh, and they have a cannon in their arena. So there's that. But well, that's, they, a, that's on the cool side. They though. just have sort of an established history now of just being kind of eh. You know, they're right. never one of the worst teams, but they're never one of the best. You know, they're just kind of there and there's some promise, but they never fulfill on it. Well, here and, we are now in January and the Blue Jackets are atop the NHL standings. Mm-hmm. This program is recorded on Thursday evening. So at the moment, the Blue Jackets have won an incredible 16 straight games. They're going for 17 as we speak against uh, the Capitals in Washington. And obviously, as you're listening now, you know if that streak is continuing and if they're going to be going for number 18 tonight against the Rangers or if they'll be looking to start a new streak. But how did we how did we miss how good the the jackets are. I mean, this is a bigger surprise than the to the media than than the election was. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I you know I looked up and down the roster. I didn't see that many guys who were going to score a ton of goals for them. Sergey Bobrovsky was a formerly great goalie who has been trending the wrong direction every year. Zach, they're twenty seven five and four. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 27, 5, and 4, it, it doesn't even seem possible that a team could be that good and be completely off the radar. They have a plus 52 goal differential. That's just outrageous. It, there's nobody else even close to that. No. Minnesota Wild are next at plus 37, and then your Rangers are at plus 35. And whether or not they get their 17th straight as we're talking here recording this show, if they do, that ties the longest single-season win streak set by the 92-93 Pittsburgh Penguins. Even if they lose, 16 straight is amazing. Mm-hmm. And being within one game of that mark is astonishing because that Pittsburgh team had had Mario Lemieux. It had Yarmer Yager. It had Joey Mullen. It had Scotty Bowman, and that's the, the legend behind, behind the bench. There's nobody on this Blue Jackets team that you're like, all right, that's the Lemieux of this team. You know, th- that guy just isn't there. It's been a, it's been something of a team effort. Cam Atkinson has really played well, and I think he leads the team in scoring. But there's nobody on this team outside of the goaltender that you really look at as as being a superstar on this team. Right. Who, who is their star? Would you say Nick Foligno? Or am I just saying that because the guy's from Buffalo, born in Buffalo, his brother's on the Sabres, well, his dad played for the he's Sabres. He's captain. He's involved in everything. And he's a good player, but he's, he's nowhere close to those names that you mentioned. No, it's, of course not. But, uh, but is he the biggest star they have? Pro- well, I, mean, I guess Cam Atkinson is becoming that guy now with the year that he's having. But, you know, it, it's... That was one of the things that we looked at before the season was there wasn't that star power there. It was just a bunch of guys. At 27-5-4, they've already compiled 58 points. There's no way they can miss the playoffs at this point. You generally figured 90 or so points gets you in. They're two-thirds of the way to that with over half the season yet to play. Here's an amazing stat. I don't mean to steal your thunder, Zach, because I know you're the stat guy. and you know, But did you know? The Columbus Blue Jackets have only trailed in a game 18% of the time this season. They've only been behind 18% of the minutes they've played. That's unbelievable. Combined with that, with the goal play of Bobrovsky, as you mentioned, and how good their defense has been, I mean, you can see why they've been so successful. Mm -hmm. That and they have the most successful power play in the league. Their their power play is converting at 28.3%. 
they get the lead, they're they're tough to beat. They've scored the first goal 25 times in their 36 games, best in the NHL. Of their 27 wins, 20 of them they scored first. Now, you know I'm a lifelong Islanders fan. I love me some Islanders. I like the Rangers. I like the Sabres because I lived in Florida at the time the Tampa Bay Lightning came in the league. I got caught up in that excitement. I, I like the Lightning a lot. I, I, I know it goes against my home team ideals that I normally subscribe to. John Tortorella, who now coaches the Blue Jackets, he was coaching the Lightning, winning a Stanley Cup, not to mention guiding our own Rochester Americans to the Calder Cup back in 1996. I'm a bit of a Tortorella fan. Like I said, one one with the mm-hmm. Amherst, one with the Lightning. However, he didn't bring a cup to your Rangers, so you're less of a Tortorella fan than I am. I think the whole reason you suggested that they may be the first team to fire their coach was more out of hope for you. (laughs) Well, his act really kind of wore thin in New York pretty quickly, but he, you know, his style of coaching in New York was so much different than what he had with the Lightning. You know, with the Lightning, they were scoring, they were flying around, and they had that safe-as-death motto, you know, and everything. And then with the Rangers, it was, you know, turtle up in front of the goalie and block shots, you know. And it wore the team down so much over the course of the season. They weren't able to do much in the playoffs. But, again, here he is on a new team, coaching somewhat differently, and it's it's working. The Jackets have been consistent in many areas. Uh, obviously, defense, Bobrovsky uh, has been consistent in goal. has been great in goal. They've consistently been getting out in front. And as you pointed out, well, you maybe you said this to me off the air. You said something about them being lucky. Why don't you well, tell me what you were telling me off the air about that? Because well, as, as I was doing some digging to talk about this uh, for this segment, I looked through some of their advanced metrics and I looked at a stack called PDO. What PDO does is it measures, it attempts to measure a team's luck over the course of a season. It, it adds up there. <laughs> they got a stat to measure luck. Oh, yeah. Come on. Well, I mean, look, we got stats to measure high fives now. Yeah, that's it's true. It's not that unreasonable. But it adds a team's uh, shooting percentage and their save percentage because those are things that can be hot and streaky and then run cold and, you know, whatever. Well, it, you're adding two percentages. So you're, the number you're aiming for is 100. 100 is, like, average. A lot of teams you'll see at 99 and maybe 101, somewhere around 100. The Blue Jackets lead the league in PDO at over 103. What that says is they've been incredibly streaky, lucky. They're on a hot streak, which we've seen. They've won 16 straight games. But it's not something you can really expect to continue. However, like you have said, they have built up a stash of so many points that even with some regression that's coming, they're a playoff team. Even if they do, like you said. They're writing one of the hottest goaltenders in the league. So, you know, the Blue Jackets, even with the regression that's coming, they're going to be fine. Yeah, they've gotten such consistency. Maybe even luck, they've been consistently lucky. That may have something to do with it. But they've had consistently good play. And consistency is the key to success for an athlete, for a team. And in our Christian lives, many times when a person first comes into a relationship with Christ or uh, maybe when someone who's been a Christian for many years and who's, uh, you know, their spiritual life has become stale, but they come to a moment of rededication or, or recommitment, they often want to be super spiritual, super fast. They want to turn from their sin. They want to begin a new life. They uh, they want immediately to be different. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. As an athlete, you don't become great overnight. You know, it takes practice. It takes hours and hours of 
repetition to build muscle, to hone skills. It's it's why PEDs are such an offense because, you know, that's taking a shortcut and a slap in the face to players who don't. Mm -hmm. We live in a society in which instant gratification is what we want. You know, if you're preparing dinner, it's going to take more than five or ten minutes, then the heck with it. You know, let's go out and get something. But that's not how life works. This is Ecclesiastes 9.11. Says that the race is not to the swift, nor to the nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. We're all familiar with the story of the the tortoise and the hare. You know the key to spiritual growth is studying the Word of God. It's regular time of prayer. It's involvement in worship. It's uh, involvement in serving others. But that statement by itself is incomplete because the key to spiritual growth is all those things, but all those things done consistently. I mean, we can get caught up listening to great preaching or caught up in a tremendous worship service and get all emotional, overwhelmed with enthusiasm for Christ. But but then, you know, our spiritual disciplines, are, are if they're not sustained, we sort of crash and burn. And when we do, that, that that discouragement that follows takes us to an even lower spot than from where we started. Solomon was a great man of wisdom, the greatest, wisest man maybe that's, that's ever lived. Uh, Proverbs 2, verses 3 to 5 says, uh, For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Wisdom, discernment, spiritual understanding, growth, these come with consistent effort. It's regular study and prayer. It's looking for those hidden treasures, as Solomon says. You know, it takes patience. Not too fast, not too slow. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up if you're not where you want to be by tomorrow. I've coached young people. Zach, you've coached young people who wanted to be great. And when they weren't great after a week or two of practices, you know, they give up. <laughs> they weren't willing to keep it up and, and improve little by little. They want it to happen overnight, but don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Keep moving steadily towards a deeper relationship with God. That's why Jesus says, abide in me. You like the taste of fresh apples. Who doesn't, right? So you go and you purchase a few young apple trees, you plant them on your property, but you don't get fruit that first year. Mm -hmm. It takes several years before you enjoy apples from your investment. Jesus says in John 15, verse 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Genuine fruit in the life of a Christian is evidence of a relationship with Christ. It's it's evidence over time. A real conversion, a life truly changed by Christ is not a hasty decision. It's something that is revealed by a consistent lifestyle, consistent living, consistent fruit bearing. Does your life have evidence of a relationship with God? If not, perhaps you've never been converted. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus who gave himself on the cross to settle the debt of your sins. Or perhaps you have. You're, you're a believer. You are a Christian, but your life has become spiritually stale because you've stalled along the way. You haven't been consistent with those spiritual disciplines like study and prayer and service. Fruit bearing is impossible without abiding in Christ. But for someone who does 
abide in Christ, fruit-bearing is inevitable. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God has a plan for you, and if you stay steady and if you stay faithful, he is faithful that calls you. This is a good spot, I suppose, Zach, to take a break. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Here's the Red Hawks report for this week, January 7th, 2017. The Red Hawks report is presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Last Saturday, the women's basketball team ended 2016 on a positive note by defeating St. Michael's 72-64. to Junior Brooke Fields led the way with 22 points, with freshman Taya Andrews right behind her with 20. Freshman forward Emily Millard finished just one rebound shy of a double-double, 13 points and 9 rebounds. The Red Hawks women not only finished off 2016 well, but they got 2017 off on the right foot also. On Wednesday, they hit 15 three-pointers in an 84-60 win over Mercy College. And once again, it was Fields and Andrews pacing the scores. Andrews finished with 21 points, 18 of which came in the first half. She shot 5 for 7 from behind the arc. Fields scored 13 points to put her over the 1,000-point mark in her career. The men's basketball team, they split this week after a 90-85 loss to Adelphi University on Monday. The men rebounded on Wednesday with a 71-63 win at home over Mercy College. Junior Malik Dare scored 18 points with 6 rebounds, while freshman Isaiah Lewis added 16 points and sophomore Zach Panabianco added 13 points. Both teams hit the road and won't be back in action at home until next Saturday when New York Institute of Technology comes to Rochester to take on the women at 2 p.m. and the men at 4. Make plans to go out and see the Red Hawks live at the Voller Athletic Center on the Roberts campus. That's the Red Hawks report for this week, January 7th, 2017. The Red Hawks report is, as always, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. And remember, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Report presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view, highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back once again. Thanks for being with us here on Beyond the Game. 
mixing sports and faith, and hopefully giving you a little different perspective to consider. The website is btgprogram.com, or social media is at btgprogram. Here is Zach Barletta to take us through some of his shenanigans statements for this week. Former 49ers head coach Chip Kelly deserved to be fired after only one season with San Francisco. I agree. You know, I think we talked about this, Zach, you and I. I I really don't subscribe to the philosophy that in every situation a guy needs a couple of years to be successful. The 49ers were in desperate need of a house cleaning. They needed changes. They let their GM go. And rather than saddle their new GM with a coach he really didn't want and he didn't hire, they made a clean sweep. I I got no problem with it. I I think he ends up back in college eventually, probably not this year. but Yeah. Ultimately, I think that's where he'll be most successful. Um, to be honest, I say shenanigans. I don't like Chip Kelly. I don't think he's an NFL head coach, but I don't think that their problems necessarily were as much his fault as just a lack of talent. He did get some production out of Colin Kaepernick, whose career looked to be dead. Their running game with Carlos Hyde was very good. I thought that his firing really was more of a recognition that he probably shouldn't have been hired in the first place than that he actually was doing a poor job. That really the house cleaning that they should have done last year, they're finally doing this year. Yeah, I'm not surprised that he got production out of his quarterback. I mean, he did great things at Oregon, Mm -hmm. but I'm a big subscriber to let guys bring in their own people. Absolutely. The Saints are reportedly looking to trade head coach Sean Payton and move on from the large amount of money he's owed. And there are rumors of mutual interest between Payton and the L.A. Rams who kind of need a big hire to satisfy their new fan base. So truth or shenanigans, Sean Payton will coach the L.A. Rams next season. Why don't you go ahead and go first? I say shenanigans. Uh, While that would be, you know, a, a, a huge move for the city of Los Angeles and the Rams, I just don't think that... Um, I know that they have enough to trade to get him. And, and you know, the, the Saints the Saints haven't been that great. They need, I think, to keep him, to keep Drew Brees doing what Drew Brees is doing. So I you think know, it's just a bunch of crap. You and I usually agree, but we're two for two. I, I disagree with you. I agree with your statement that he's going to be coaching the Rams. You know, the first year or two that you hear these rumors – you, I, I sort of dismiss him, you know, because we've been hearing about him parting ways with the Saints for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. He's had success in New Orleans. You know, I dismissed it. But these rumors persist. They continue to come up year after year. And that's generally a good indication that there's something to it. And I think in this case there is. I think it's a great match. Now, you make a good point. I don't know if the Rams have enough to trade for him. I don't know what the Saints would want for him. But it seems like a great match that works for Peyton. Uh, it works for the Rams, and I think it's probably going to work for the Saints because if those rumors keep coming up year after year, there there is something to them. Truth or shenanigans, you are looking forward to the start of spring oh, training yeah. as much as or more than the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I I agree. Look, man, I'm a baseball guy. You know that. I, I enjoy all sports, but there's something about baseball, mm-hmm. man. I just, I love ba- I love baseball as long as I can remember. Even if the Giants are in the Super Bowl this year, I will be looking forward to the start of spring training. You know, and the signs of spring here to the cold winters in Rochester right on the lake. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I 
for me, it's a no-brainer because the Bills are never in the Super Bowl. They're never in the playoffs. And so, you're as big a baseball guy as I am. Yeah. That's, you know, and I, think, I know as much as you love hockey, yeah. baseball is your love. I think for you and I both, baseball was the first love, right? As a little kid. Oh, absolutely. That's what I grew up playing. That's what you grew up playing. Don't I, tell her, but I love baseball more than I love my wife. <laughs> Good thing she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, I, that was a no-brainer, this question for me. Spring training is just... I think we've said this before on the show. It's not just the beginning of a new season, but it's sort of the passing out of the winter months and into the spring months. Oh, yeah. So. You see the green grass, the the warm sunshine, everything about it. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine was at spring training last year, and he spent a week or two in Tampa. And he's every, he went to like six or seven games, and he was texting me pictures of his bare feet up on the seat in front of him as he's oh, sitting man. there watching the game. While you're shoveling your driveway. Yeah, I hate him now. <laughs> All right, Alabama letting offensive coordinator Lane Kiffin go one week before the title game was a mistake. You're a big college football fan, Zach, so why don't you go first? <laughs> um, you know, at first when I read the headline, I was like, well, this is just Saban being Saban, and he, you know, he's overestimated himself and doesn't need the coordinator. But you know what? The more I read about it, the more I think it wasn't a mistake. You know, Kiffin's come out and said that he wasn't focusing 100% on Alabama because he was looking ahead to his next job and his move. And you know what? When you're trying to win a title, you really don't need that in the organization. So I'm beginning to think that, no, it wasn't a mistake. Yeah, I say shenanigans, too. It, it was not a mistake. Alabama doesn't make mistakes, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say that it isn't at least a little bit of a distraction because it is. We all know that any athlete or team, uh, coach, they all talk about the importance of continuity, consistency, routine. But Alabama is, in my opinion, well above everybody else at mm-hmm. this point. You know, uh, oh, yeah. with all respect to Clemson, they're going to have to play a perfect game. They're going to have to execute a perfect strategy to beat them. Alabama can afford to make a change, a break from routine. But I think the players are so familiar with the game plan at this point. And, and Nick, Nick Saban and Steve Sarkeesian, they're going to have them ready to go. I, I have no doubts about that. Last but not least, Nick's coach Jeff Hornacek saying that his team might be, quote, just not capable of playing better defense was a mistake shenanigans he's probably right you know Joachim Noah has been a disaster for the Knicks it's been horrible they can't they can spin it any way they want to spin it but his play has been it's been terribly disappointing and that contract they gave him is just it's just weight it's a burden they're, they're gonna have to carry they're not good enough to outscore their opponents so they need the defense and and they just don't have it I've I've watched a number of Knicks games this year haven't seen very many where they look good, and in those games that they did look good, I didn't see the defense looking very good. I now nah, too many lapses, too many easy buckets for the opposition, easy passes on top of that. Well, here's another answer where we're going to disagree because I I agree that it was a mistake, even if it's true, which <laughs> as we've said, it probably is true. Can you give your team an excuse to not play defense? And well, you know, coach said we're not capable of it. You know and I really think whether you believe that 100% that these guys are terrible defenders, it's not going to change. I think you have to at least publicly say, we can get better, we're trying to get better, we're working to get better. I would much rather hear that from my coach than we might not be capable of getting better. 
You make a good point with the presentation of it. I, I think he's right that they're not good. But, but yeah, it, it, that's a good point. It does look bad, and you, and you don't want to discourage your players. But one of the things that I appreciate about you and about our program is while we often agree, you and I, we can disagree in a respectful way. We're not, you know, I know some of these other shows, they capitalize mm-hmm. on people yelling at each other. Yeah. And here we are conducting ourselves in an appropriate manner without getting all fired up. We'll do that <laughs> off the air. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we got a little bit more to get to on today's show. We want to talk about some of the coaching changes. Zach alluded to it in shenanigans. This is the Beyond the Game program. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect the potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. We spent a lot of time last week, Zach, talking about the Buffalo Bills and obviously their dismissal of Rex Ryan. Interim head coach Anthony Lynn, who he appears to be the front runner for the permanent position in Buffalo, was given that final game of the season against the Jets to lead the team. Though you didn't, you didn't seem to think that was an audition. But in the day since, and I'm not sure why, it's like the sky is falling in Buffalo. Now the Bills didn't look good at all in that game. There were a lot of uh, really dopey plays on the Bills' yeah. part. Uh, it was, I think it. I think at this point, that's all that Bill's beat guys know how to write. You know, they've been writing these woe is us stories for so long that 
I don't think they know how to write anything else. And I don't think that was a reflection on Anthony Lynn. You know, the way the Bills played, it, I almost got the sense that they've checked out. I, I think so. And, and and also, you know, you started E.J. Manuel, a quarterback. You brought in the raw rookie Cardell Jones for the fourth quarter. You know, they, they were kind of playing with one hand tied behind their back to begin with. It might be bad for Buffalo to turn this thing around. If they were to make the playoffs next year or, or if they got back to the Super Bowl and should they win it, it might be a disaster for their fans because excluding yourself, a lot of the Buffalo Bills fans that I know with social media accounts, if that were to happen, they'd lose their entire identity. Mm-hmm. I, I, their identity is so wrapped up with their team being awful. They seem to love to be the victim. And, and they're maybe the most negative group of sports fans that I can think of. Now, I get it. They haven't been in the playoffs in 17 seasons. And when they did go to four straight Super Bowls, they lost them all. But it seems at times they take more pride in the fact that they lost those four Super Bowls than the amazing fact that they went to four consecutive Super Bowls. They love playing that victim card. There's one guy that I'm thinking of. He basically has declared Doug Whaley to be the worst guy who's ever lived. Now, certainly the results speak for themselves. You know, the Bills have not had a lot of success. But has the problem been the talent on the roster or the guys coaching that talent? Because the Bills have assembled over the years some pretty impressive players. Haven't kept them all, but they've assembled them, and they've been there at some point. And you pointed out, Zach, that Rex Ryan, the, the Bills had one of the best defenses in the league before he came, and then they took a step back. They just, he didn't use them to their strengths. Now, is that Doug Whaley's fault? Why is he the bad guy? Exactly. Another fan I know, you know, a a guy I'm thinking of on Twitter, he's maybe the most negative Nelly of all these people. The guy's so frustrated with the team that he's now blaming anyone and everyone for the Bills' problems, including other Bills fans. He says that if you buy season tickets, you're part of the problem. And I've started to write a reply to him. I can't tell you how many times I've started to, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, I'm not going to have a debate on social media. I'm not going to get pulled into that cesspool. And I'm just, I delete it. First of all, I grew up watching the Giants. The New York Giants go 2-12 and 12 back in the day, year after year. I sat through years of Yankees mediocrity before they returned and, and won a string of championships. And just last year when the Islanders uh, started to show signs of life, get back into the playoffs, they're back to the bottom this year of the NHL standings. Mm-hmm. I, they're awful. And the Knicks, Zach, you weren't even alive when the Knicks last won a championship. <laughs> I wasn't but, even close to being here. Yeah, and even without the championship, over those years there have been few glimpses of hope for the Knicks. But yet I root for my teams. I I enjoy supporting them. I go to the games when I can. I don't find another team just because my team isn't winning. Now, if you want to find another team, that's fine. But stop complaining about all the other people in that fan base. You know, of course I want them to win, but I enjoy the experience of being a fan and rooting for my team, whether they win or not. You know, if people enjoy going to the game, watching the competition, being with friends and other fans, why are you blaming them and labeling them as part of the problem? Go to the game, have a good time, and hopefully your team wins. 
you know, not every everybody picks their favorite teams. I, I I root for home teams. I grew up north of the city. All my teams are home teams. I live in Rochester now, so I've come to like the Buffalo teams. They're not going to supplant my favorites. We talked earlier about my, I, I like the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're not going to supplant the Islanders, but I like them. I like, you know, I want to see the Buffalo teams do well. Mm-hmm. But you see some fans, and they root for whoever's on top. Now, some are honest, and they'll tell you that they like a guy. Uh, I know a guy that is a LeBron James fan. He rooted for the Cavaliers. Then he was rooting for the Heat. Now he's back to rooting for the Cavaliers again. <laughs> but he's honest about it. But I can think of another person who used to be a Packers fan. Had Packers gear on. Then all of a sudden, you saw him wearing Seahawks stuff. You're like, what, what, what is this? And he's like, well, you know, I tried to tell you that, well, I always kind of liked them. No, you didn't. Sure. Sure, he yeah, did. or he sort of liked him. We have a mutual friend, you and I, Zach, who I don't know how he came. Well, I do know how he came with it because we're all all his teams are from different cities, and you can see when he speak when he was first a sports fan, they were all all those teams were winning kind of in the same year. It's sort of mm-hmm. fun to decipher how people how old people are based <laughs> yeah. on the teams they root for, yeah. because you can say, all right, you were probably ten, eleven, nine. Somewhere in there when you became a sports fan and all your teams were rooting, so you were born and all your teams were winning, so you were born this particular year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of a fun thing to do, but blaming fans because they bought season tickets is crazy. None of your teams, regardless of why you root for them, are out there to lose. So bouncing around, I mean, your team is trying and. and they're making decisions which they think are the right ones, but sometimes they get distracted, and sometimes things don't work out the way they plan. Just like, you know, you're doing some work around your house, you're building something, and sometimes things just don't work out, and you gotta recut the board, or you, or you spend a little more money than you thought you were going to have to because yeah. your original plans didn't work out. Measure twice, cut once. The Detroit Lions are in the playoffs. You know, it, it, the Heat under Jim Caldwell. <laughs> what did you call that? Yes. The Heat under Jim Caldwell was so hot that the Lions, in the playoffs, had to come <laughs> out and announce that their guy is coming back. Isn't that ridiculous? You don't have to do that when you're in the playoffs. Of course your guy is coming back. You think of Mike McCarthy, the Packers. Earlier this year, people were talking about how this could be it. He's probably gone. Where's he going to go? Mm-hmm. Remember all the talk about how Aaron Rodgers isn't Aaron Rodgers anymore, and now he's one of the leading MVP candidates? And the Packers, nobody wants to play them. Oh, no. You know, they're, they're the sexy pick to win the Super Bowl. Sometimes you just have to trust the process. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you, you know, you stick with your team, and it always makes it even more rewarding when they do win because mm-hmm. you sat through some of those difficult years. Now, the process, Zach, shouldn't take 18 seasons, but <laughs> no. sometimes it does. There are setbacks along the way. Teams need to believe in their plan. They need to be committed to it. You don't give up on the running game in a football game after two or three series where you got shut down. You stick with it. You try to wear down that defense. Other teams are always making adjustments. You have to make adjustments as well. Teams make coaching changes for one purpose to improve their team. They want to be better next year. It's an intentional plan to improve. And it's not just 
they're not out there trying to lose. They're not changing coaches, trying to lose. They're trying to get better. Second Corinthians 8.10 says, And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you. It's good for you, who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Here we sit, the first Saturday of the new year. It's a time when people make all kinds of, of resolutions to change. My gym this year, this past week, Zach, was so crowded. Oh, I bet. You know, but o- over the next few weeks, I know they're going to drop off. Mm-hmm. If you want to be stronger in your faith, you may need to make some changes in your lifestyle. How committed are you to doing that? I would love to know the actual t- statistics of people who start out in a new year to read their Bible all the way through, yeah. but by February have stopped. Yeah, or whenever they hit numbers. Yeah. <laughs> My pastor made this statement last Sunday. He said that if you want to, if you make no changes, a year from now you will still be who you are. Now that's fairly obvious, but I thought it was fairly profound too, mm-hmm. because if you want to be stronger in your faith, you need to make intentional changes. Just like a team changes its coach. How committed are you to doing that? How committed are you? How about this? What makes you different? What makes you different? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, when you, what, what in your life is different than the person who does not believe? There should be some evidence. There should be something that uh, sets you apart than, that you're committed to, some spiritual discipline. Let's say believers. Uh, believers read their Bible. You know, Non-believers probably don't. Is there something in your life that shows that you're committed to reading your Bible? Same thing with prayer. If you're not a believer— why would you be praying? But that's a spiritual discipline that believers do. It should set you apart. You should be committed to it. Here's another thing that sets believers apart. They have the Holy Spirit of God within them. It gives them the power to to live life for God's glory. You know, it gives them the power to follow through on spiritual disciplines. Many athletes put the scripture reference on their shoes or on their Twitter pages, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Christian, as we head into this new year of 2017, I want to encourage you to be intentional about growing closer to God. Just like a team is intentional about changing their coach to get better so that a year from now they're a better team, be intentional about growing closer to God so that you are forward of where you are now, a year from now. A year from now, you're in a better place spiritually. Be intentional about going deeper in that relationship with Christ. Be committed to make the necessary changes to following through on that winning plan. If you make no changes a year from now, you're still going to be the person you are now. And if you're satisfied with that, great. But are you satisfied with where you are spiritually? I want to thank you for sticking around. Remind you that as with anything you hear on our program, you can reach out to us through our website or the studio line, btgprogram.com is where you can find us. If there's anything we can do, if there's anything we can do to help you learn more about being a Christian or even if you just want someone to pray for you, reach out to us. We'd be honored to be there to help. Thanks again for being with us. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be great this week, everybody. Thank you.